Hey everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia, and welcome to Witches Betwixt. Today, we have a special guest on the show, Ursa. Um, they run uh, a little personal blog Facebook page called Litwick's Portal, and they're most known for their, um, their Pokemancy. Um, a topic I am highly, highly interested in, and I have many, many questions about. Um, and as far as I know, it looks, Sophia, it looks like you, you and, uh, Ursa are kind of colleagues, friends. How did you two come to, uh, come to start speaking with each other? We've known each other for a little bit. Um, I found their page through a friend, um, who I know through DCAMU, and I just immediately was like, this is incredible! <laughs> and reached out and was like, you're awesome, can we be friends? And they were like, yeah, fuck yeah, and I've just been like talking with them ever since and they're like super chill and they really know their shit so yeah just kind of spontaneous internet connection you know that's kind of how it works and yeah kind of like how me and you started talking so that, that's cool mm -hmm. spontaneous internet connections for the win for sure um so ursa i kind of want to introduce you to everybody um and i'm not going to do that really annoying thing that some interviewers do it's like tell me about yourself and it's like well what the hell do you you know where do you start there right so i am going to assume that you are a queer person correct you could say that yes okay um so do you um do you generally use the term queer to kind of describe yourself if I have to describe myself, okay. yes, but generally I'm, you know, strange and mysterious. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm just curious, like, uh, you know, because the interest that you have, you know, like with Pokemancy and um, where did, where did, what was the sort of the origin point of that particular interest, your interest in the occult or just, you know, any kind of like the, these, these strange and mysterious things that, that make you, you, what was sort of the origin point of those things? Well, you know, um, I guess there's, there's kind of multiple origins there, you know, because I've That's been fair. into Pokemon itself as a whole, you know, since I was, you know, just a little kid, you know, it's been a constant in my life ever since its inception, you know, as a thing, upwards of like 20 some years ago. Mm -hmm. But as far as, you know, my occult leanings and practice, um, I've been a practitioner since about high school, but didn't really get serious with my practice until um after high school was over and I uh, ran away from home I was homeless and I was you know doing the traveler thing you know yeah. um hitchhiking and uh freight hopping across the U.S. and you know had some um interesting experience that kind of catapulted me down my personal path um you know working with other magicians and you know meeting um some possible you know deity type archetypes you know just ra random things hmm. but what really um what got me into using pokemon in my craft was you know <laughs> it feels really silly to actually um you know, say thank you to CMG for doing things. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
you know, I, I got into the chaos magic groups on Facebook in like 2015 at the behest of, you know, one of my friends. And, um, you know, that was around the time that Billy Brujo was really active and he was doing a lot with his magic, the gathering <clears throat> and, um, you know, he he was using the MTG cards for, like, divination and, um, hmm. you know, for, like, various, like, yeah. going through the Kabbalah and stuff. And I, you know, I I love playing Magic. I've been playing that since, you know, I was a teenager. So, you know, seeing that really blew my mind, especially since, you know, previous um, tarot workings had kind of left me slightly unfulfilled. You know, mm-hmm. if you've ever if you've ever gotten a deck that kind of just didn't really vibe with you super well. Um, yeah, I, I feel that it's actually kind of how, how I feel how I feel about the Rider Waite system as a whole. I, that's the one um, system I don't really connect with. Actually, I usually prefer like Oracle cards or other systems. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it just um, it worked for me. But it just, it there was always just something very begrudging about it, you know, like an, oh, I guess, hmm. you know, I'll tell yeah. you what you want to know from like a lot of my readings. So, you know, it, it while being accurate, it was still off-putting and, you know, didn't really seem to like mesh with my personality. So, you know, watching Billy do his thing with that, you know, kind of made me start thinking, well, you know, there's there's other systems out there you know if if this one you know r- random guy on facebook is you know making his own system then why can't i mm-hmm. and then you know like mm-hmm. i i started like piecing things together gradually you know and like remembering you know different like little nuances that i had seen throughout the years and um you know a, a lot of a lot of the archetypes and you know um, just different systems within Pokemon, you know, they, they correspond really, really well to, like, actual tarot and stuff, so it just, it seemed pretty natural to do that. Yeah, because, you know, you have, like, the different, you know, there's, there's dark Pokemon, fairy Pokemon, water, fire, you know, that's very corresponding to the elements as we work within the occult, which is, you know, um, something that we can definitely connect with instantly. Uh, and, um, so, when did you when did you start to create sort of like the framework for the Pokemancy system? Um I guess maybe 2016 to 2017 is when I really started studying and um you know writing out a lot of stuff and i mean like my my system you know it's it's gradually evolving you know oh, as yeah. pokemon itself you know yeah. is a constantly growing you know egregore um you know so so it's i can't even tell you how many notebooks i have just like <laughs> sitting around my house it's just like, oh i feel that <laughs> I have like six. It's like dream log that I don't use, two scrapbooks just for like writing notes and like drawing sigils, then like an actual proper drawing book, and then like oh god, specific ones, and it's just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. That that isn't even going in the sketchbooks. <laughs> like that. That's that's a whole oh, yeah. ball game to tackle there. Um. 
So what what about because uh, you, you you mentioned that you played Magic the Gathering, you know, for, you know, the longest time and you, you played it all through high school, and stuff like that. Um, so and, and, you know, you were you took inspiration from someone who's doing something similar with Magic the Gathering cards. So um, what was the the I guess like the reason why you were like, OK, well, I'm going to do this with Pokemon. What about the Pokemon really drew you to it? Was it just that, you know, it was like super accessible? Because you mentioned that you do you do love Pokemon. There's a lot of archetypes there. But like what was sort of like the aha moment? What was your first read that like for you? Um Gosh. Or maybe the know. first couple of readings. Like the sort of like the, the first readings that you started doing with the system as it started to develop. Well, it's kind of funny actually um because there i don't i don't know if you're familiar with it but there's they there's a random pokemon generator online and oh yeah is that the one that makes like the mashups or something like that well that's there's there's that one but there's one and i i do love that one apparently there's actually a new one of those two that goes through all of the you know current generations of pokemon and those are so funny they getting baked and doing those i can't even tell you i know completely high off my ass until like four o'clock in the morning be like this one's face is so stupid i love i i I love mixing kangaskhan with different pokemon i think i might even said that one wrong but it's like the kangaroo one oh it's so funny i love that one and like mixing Mm -hmm. mixing mr mime with anybody oh yeah (laughs) yeah Mr. Mew. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> horrible and horrifying, but generally good for a laugh. Mr. Mime is also like peak surreal valley, just let me say that. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, or hmm. sorry, uncanny valley. <laughs> that is the term. But um my my first reading I did for myself was actually um you know, I, I I was using cards from a few different decks that I had at the time because I had the um the Nicoletta Sicoli Oracle deck that I was using then, and that was kind of my primary. Mm-hmm. And then um, a friend had gifted me this Bird of Prey Oracle, which is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Um, and then you know, I ha- I had my Pokemon cards. And I had already, you know, um, I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to say it was like the sun was what I had gotten, you know, from my Sicoli deck. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the way the bird of prey Oracle works is that, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't come with any book. None of the cards have any, you know, written or pre-described meanings to them. You know, it's all completely intuitively based. That's cool. I actually really like that. Yeah, it's it's great. You know, they're they're a wonderful meditative tool. But with that one, <laughs> funny to go um back to what we were talking about earlier before recording. Um there was a cicada on the card mm. and uh Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and um you know, it's it's my favorite card out of that entire deck and it says the sleeper must awaken on it and you know, I'm huge sci-fi fan, so you know, instantaneously my mind is like dune yes Mm -mm. i've seen you post pictures of that deck too it's a really nice one 
It's absolutely beautiful, and I love the way the cards feel because they're like that really nice thick cardboard with like the em- embossed ink in it. Mm, Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. like almost feel like that like tactile sensation just by you describing it. Right, it's it's the best. Like if you could describe a card as feeling sexy, that deck feels. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Ooh, baby, let me sit, slip those sexy cards through my fingers. <laughs> Yeah, see, you know, the sleeper must awaken. Shazam. Oh. Wonderful. Um, but the Pokemon card that I had drawn at the same time as those was Charmander. Ah, uh, good old Charmander. And, and you know, it, yeah, it, it was super wholesome that it was just like, oh, you know, like this is one of like the OG yeah. you know, starter babies. And it was just like, oh, well, you know, okay, like let's look at what this represents you know it's just like technically he's a salamander so it's just like all right you know we have our little baby fire elemental there you know at the very first stage of its journey you know and it's just like this this budding passion you know coming forth that has to be nurtured and protected and you know it just struck me as so fucking wholesome that it was just like okay clearly this is what i'm supposed to be doing and then that's I a wonderful little message. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. It's one of the the original like OG Gen One starter Pokemon that mm-hmm. like popped up. That's so that's that's really neat. Yeah, it was nice. It, you know, really heartwarming. And I mean, like I you know I have like like shrine to Charmander in my bedroom. Aww. You know? <laughs> just just cause. So, like, I'm just going to say I'm um, a yellow kid, so out of all the different Pokemon um, games, I got all the starters, so I can't pick between one. Everyone's like, who'd you pick? And I'm like, Pikachu, and I got them all, so F you, I love them all, don't make me (laughs) pick between them. (laughs) That was the best part of Pokemon Yellow, is that you could get all three starters, and that blew my fucking mind as a kid. Like, I was just over the moon. Because my first one was um, Pokemon Red. That's the one that I had. See, I, I was I was blue, and I blue. actually like, still have like my OG blue cartridge and everything. I do too. I have my uh, my OG red cartridge. Um, the battery thing that for the save file it don't work anymore. Uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about getting it fixed, but oh my, gosh, my yellow should... was taken. But oh, no. I realized that I'm like old Lavender. and I have trouble seeing like these tiny little Game Boy screens. I'm like, I think I'm just gonna play it on an emulator. <laughs> Yeah, also, also that. Them <laughs> Game Boy screens are tiny. <laughs> but who'd y'all pick for your starters? Ooh. Um, gosh. I See, I, I've done plays with all of them, but I want to say initially, I was probably Charmander, actually. Hmm. Yeah. But see, like, I have, I have such love for all of them, though. <laughs> Um, I will say that in Pokemon Red, when I first played it as a kid, my starter was Squirtle. That's the one that I picked. Um, and I realized it made the first gym really easy. Um, I was like, oh, Squirtles. <laughs> so, because <laughs> I didn't understand types or anything like that at that point in the game, I just thought Squirtle was, like, super OP. <laughs> because... <laughs> I was able to blow through the first gym with just Squirtle, and I also made that mistake of like I overpowered like one Pokemon, <laughs> and like the rest of my Pokemon were like weak as shit. 
Yeah, everybody does that. Yeah. You're just like, help me. Help <laughs> yeah. Me. But I will say my strategy in Pokemon Yellow for for Brock because it was always hard because you started with Pikachu, so you always had to get something else to to go up against Brock's uh, Brock types. So what I would do is I'd go in. Was, was it the Viridian Forest? It's the first forest that you go into. The Viridian Forest. I would catch a Caterpie, plop it into Metapod, bring it up to Butterfree, because it was only, you only get it to like level 11 or 12, and I would confusion the fuck out of his Pokemon, and I'd be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Psychic yeah, attacks. I, I gotta say that it's just like beautiful that you can actually like remember that. Yeah. That because like, I feel like I have so much trauma and have done so many drugs in my life that I'm just like, fuck, what did I do? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can I can relate at certain points. Sometimes yeah. my memory is crisp. Sometimes it's like, did I do that? Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? It's like some sometimes it's crisp and then sometimes it's crispy. Oh, That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. So um so with cardamancy then, so you always liked cardamancy. That was like kind of yes. your go-to in terms of like a cult or magic key kind of things. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, honestly. You know, I mean, I, I mean, like, like even when I was homeless and you know, like doing the traveling thing, you know, it was just always like my friend circle, always you know playing magic or um, you know sometimes playing Yu-Gi-Oh even. Ah, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, that was my other one. Which, like, I, I never, I never got into actually yeah. playing that. Really? But like I I've played some like of the video game. Mm. Like the the DS versions of Yu-Gi-Oh. And mm. I've done like the dual system with that, but like I've never like straight up like it's time to do it let's pull our cards out and go. Like, <laughs> you know, I I've, I've only ever really like collected them. The battling system in Magic. Hmm. Oh, so you never actually else. played the Pokemon game either then? really you know like i kind of feel like a because you know the like the first time like probably since like middle school that i actually have like sat down and played the card game of it was like teach i don't i can't even say teaching my kid how to play because it was more like learning at the same time as them (laughs) yeah gotcha I actually recently started playing it too, um, because before, like, we would just buy the. I shouldn't even say we would buy. We would beg our parents to buy the packs. So sometimes we get a pack for birthday or Christmas or something. We never had like full decks of anything with Pokemon cards, and uh, you know we would. It was like whoever had the higher HP value or something like that is the one who won. We play it like war. Like I play like, war. See, that's what I used to do too. Yeah. Up. That's, I'm see that makes me feel so happy that I'm not like the only one that did that. No, you're definitely not the only one. That's what we would do. Um, I don't know what we did with the energy and like the the trainer cards. I think we just put them to the side. Honestly, I really have no clue what we even Same. did with those. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't. It honestly, I think it was like a couple months ago. I was like, oh, the, I started playing them the online version that they have of the Pokemon trading card game. I was like, I've never played this game. I should play it. And I played through it. I'm like, oh, this game's actually, it's actually pretty simple. Like, it's not, it's not very difficult. And it was, um, it was nice because me and my friends were playing a ton of magic. And magic can be very, like, brain intensive. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yes, very and, much so. Yeah, I was like, I just need a card game that I, do- like, I got to think about a little bit. Not a lot of bit, just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, Pokemon was, was cool. 
I need a game that I'm not going to be yelling and possibly ending my friendships over. (laughs) Missing your triggers, you know, like your friends, like, oh, three turns ago, like, oh, uh, this was, like, no, no, dude, no, you missed it. You missed your trigger. (laughs) Yeah, I fuck up enough of my friendships without the need of a card game to help it happen, you know? (laughs) Oh, God. But at like one point in my life, I did have more Magic the Gathering decks than years I had spent alive. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had like 28 decks when I was 25. Wow. Not yeah. That that's that's what happens when you play too much Magic the Gathering. Is you become the Magic Bec- the Gathering. You become the Gathering. <laughs> become the Planeswalker. You know, it's it's really Hello, Chandra. <laughs> it's really a shame that that uh, that Scott couldn't be here for this recording because um, I met Scott through our mutual friend Rick, and Rick was like, "Oh, you should meet my friend Scott." Um, what did he say? Because they went to community college together, and he was like, "Yeah, um, this you know this guy Scott that I started talking to at school." Um, uh, Rick had his uh, Magic the Gathering deck with him. I guess he was playing with someone else, and then uh, Scott at one point started like reading with the cards. He started mm-hmm. doing like uh, a reading, and um, that's the first like uh, thing I ever heard about this person, Scott. So <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um, that uh, Magic the Gathering and Scott kind of went hand in hand, even though Scott doesn't even play. So I don't know. Um, See, that, that is pretty great, and I, I do, I enjoy seeing people read, you know, magic cards, because it's not something that, like, I feel comfortable with, just because, you know, I, I play primarily, like, you know, mono black, and, like, mm-hmm. all of my stuff has, like, death touch, or, like, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, that doesn't sound really wholesome. I don't know if I want to give somebody a reading with that. It's just like, oh, you're beautiful. You have vampire <laughs> boobies, but you're going to die. Right? <laughs> and you're going to be in a coffin. Oh, but it's a nice coffin. <laughs> you remind me of uh, the my... The best coffin. <laughs> it reminds me of my, my partner, Joyce. Like, they'll look at cards and be like, oh, this card's really pretty. And then Joyce will just, like, wreck me in a game. Like, they'll just wreck face. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. I love you, too. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the spanking. It's the heart of the cards, <laughs> you evil. <laughs> exactly. Which, in the anime, actually was just him cheating, because that's what his Millennium thing lets him do. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fucker. Like, oh. <laughs> way my hga says that you're a little bitch <laughs> i'm gonna kill you now bye shadow realm don't exist on the in the japanese version subs yeah. <laughs> um so do you um do you consider yourself a witch then since you're like interested in magic the occult or just like a magician sorcerer like what's the title you kind of give to your magical practicing self I mean, I guess technically I say mage more than not, but usually I just refer to myself as a student. A student. There you go. Like a student. Well, I mean, this is just like it never stops, you know? I mean. It's true. Constantly reading, you know, constantly trying to, like, expand Minecraft, you know, because everything is, you know, (laughs) constantly expanding. As it does. The only path to mastery is constant study, so I feel that, and I can, I can definitely understand and 
appreciate that that take on Virgo it. Virgo says what? <laughs> um. So, what point in the development of the Pokemancy sort of system did you start to be like, "Hey, I should start to share this with people," and I guess kind of like, you know, put it into the the, the Litwix portal um, page that you've created for yourself? When did that kind of start to manifest? Um, well, I'm going to have to think about that for a second, because that was really during a pretty traumatic um, part of my life that that really came into being. You know, I was I was in a pretty abusive relationship with my ex-husband. And um, I'm sorry. You know, Oh no, it's 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 cool. I know it. That we're, phrase we're is like. With that. <laughs> um, but you know, it just it seemed like a good idea to you know really um, turn towards my friends group and you know bounce things off of them because I'm not I don't have a really close relationship with my biological family, and you know. At this point in my life, you know, mo most of my friends, you know, are practicing individual. So, you know, we would just like ping pong readings off of each other. And, you know, after a certain point, I had a few friends, you know, just give me some really encouraging words that were just like, you know, like, you're not completely full of shit, you know, an actual thing that, you know, uh, has some merit to it. Yeah, you're actually like, um, <clears throat> let me put it this way. I'm somebody who's extremely skeptical of divination. And in fact, I loathe most of them. You're the only diviner I actually trust. So take that for what it's worth. Oh, and you've ah. been being because, so like, nice about it for like, like, it's, it's so wholesome. I always like see you commenting on my posts. And I mean, like, even like stuff like dating back from like a year ago now, which I guess we've been friends for almost two years at this point, I think. Yeah. And but you're, you're like spot fucking on all the goddamn time. And like, I also love how you don't try and tell me what's going to happen in the future. You just like talk about today, you know, it's like, mwah. <laughs> Well, I mean, because, you know, I, I feel like one of the biggest, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. One of the things that helped me most in my magical practice was the realization that not only do I not really know shit about shit, but I am a conduit for other shit that does know shit. Hmm. That's a really interesting yeah. way to put that. I like that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just like, because, I mean, there there was a while there, you know, I had, you know, the whole ego thing. And, you know, it was, well, nobody takes me seriously, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, I, why do I need to be taken seriously? Like, Pokemon was a thing born of, you know, fun and whimsy and wonder you know, so why not let it be that? And, you know, just let whatever comes from it come from it. Yeah, I think um, I think I remember reading somewhere, I don't know the exact article, but I think the, the, the inspiration behind Pokemon was this guy, he was really into bug collecting as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was just really into collecting bugs, and that, like, made him happy. It brought him such joy, and he was like, oh, you know, I can make, like, a game out of this, this idea of, like, collecting creatures, you know? Um, and I think that's like just the really the the origin point of Pokemon itself is 
very wholesome. You know, it's like, oh, I like to right, collect bugs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just like, um, it's it's funny at the same time because you know you have some wholesome as you know bug collecting but also at the same time like you know parallels with like the galatia and stuff like literally like right off the bat oh yeah because yeah. they draw from so many different you know like sources and folklore and cultures and everything like that like these pokemon are inspired like some of the pokemon they come up with are utterly ridiculous like when they're like an ice ice cream cone one or something like you know, yeah, <laughs> like a trash it's, it's, can. Funny, yeah. it's funny that you should mention that because, like, you know, my partner and I, like, as a whole, you know, because I I view them, you know, as spirits unto themselves, like, I genuinely do try, like, not to talk shit about Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But I really hate that ice cream cone guy. <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about like, the uh the, the trash sorry. one like, like like i get it but it's obnoxious and it freaks me out but see trubbish <laughs> trubbish like i feel bad for it hmm. but i still enjoy it better than the ice cream cone because it's not giving me like the weird walleye thing like <laughs> I don't want just food food Pokemon in general kind of freak me out. Yeah, yeah. because it kinda it kinda like opens up a whole other set of questions that you're like, but wait, I have questions about things. So like hmm. even even Ditto looks uncomfortably like gum. Yeah. It does yeah. look like and that's gum. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> it, like, in the in in the new games there, you know, there's there's a lot of really cute Pokemon, you know. There's definitely like some kawaii stuff going on there and you know you have like this this one like i guess it's like a moose maybe in the sword and shield series yes or i guess like um like a custard but its name is you know like alchemy you know like hmm. like alchemy but it's creamy and it's oh, alchemy this... i'm gonna look it up right now i need to visual oh mm. it does look like a custard yes and like the the one like it it's it's pre-evolution is um interesting you know it's very it's very suggestive i'm just saying oh interesting milk yeah. yes huh it's just like a blob. It's like floating milk substance, and it's just very off-putting to me. Yeah, it makes me a little weird. Slightly <laughs> uncomfortable. And then it turns into this thing with like like strawberries on it, like a uh, sundae. Yeah, this this <laughs> you're right. It does freak me out. It's like eat me. You want to eat yeah, me? Yeah, but that exactly. would kill me. It's, it's like some weird fucked up like Alice in Wonderland level shit and I'm just, I'm not about that. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, um, but... the idea of eating Pokemon was present in the games? And also in the in the cartoon? Oh yeah. They eat Magikarps. Yeah, they eat Magikarps. Slowpoke slow no, tail. I mean, I mean... And Slowpoke tail, yeah. Yeah, Slowpoke Tail was yeah, the one that just, like it's 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 weird though because it's just like you know like they're actual like you know animals and you know I get that 
And then it's just like, you know, like animals that have this this consciousness. But now you have conscious food. Are you a vegan? It is No. I mean I have I have been off and on during my okay. life. But it's just like it's just it's very it's very strange to me. Just just the I idea. really wanted to ask like if you had to eat a Pokemon, what Pokemon would you eat then? Oh, I didn't man. want to ask if this you're is vegan. A great question. <laughs> mm. Let me think about this real like, hard. Absolutely, like most fucked up question you could possibly ask. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I mean, would it have to be the ice cream cone one? <laughs> like. <laughs> I got so sad the last time I went to Wendy's and all they had was the vanilla frosty. I know, I don't understand I like... when people are like, only vanilla. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> why are you well, like see, that? I really don't want to eat that Dodo Pokemon. Because Dodos <laughs> are extinct anyways. I'm like, yeah, let me eat that fucker. Let's see what it tastes like. I like, I like birds. <laughs> yeah, chicken's good. <laughs> Some fried Pidgey. Morning. <laughs> I know, no, you gotta let him at least get to Pidgeotto. Oh right, yeah, Pidgeot is cool yeah, though. Yeah, Pidgeot is badass like, looking. They've got the Chad haircut. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't fuck killing with Pidgey. Pidgeys. Is like is like killing baby chicks. That's just not fair. All I remember is uh, when Pokemon Go first came out. Like all I caught was like ten thousand fucking Pidgeys in that game, and I was like, y'all need to <laughs> y'all need to fix this game because wow. I get one more goddamn Pidgey. <laughs> Unsubscribe, you know? <laughs> um, right, I got Pokemon Go on this phone with my Groudon. Look at me. Shiny Groudon at that. <laughs> See, I'm I'm so happy. I finally I finally just got the um uh complete brain lapse there. Um Shiny Deoxys. And he's so cool. Ooh. Which he's... version? He looks like um just like the standard. Okay. No, I would have to because that one has like different modes. It's like defense, attack, yeah, and attack something. form. Yeah, I, I want to say it's either. I, I want to say it's just like the standard form or the speed form. But I oh, I, I do know. play enough Go even to know that you have to get that fucker from um a raid. Uh, it's uh one of the special raids. I forget what they're called. Yeah, like the the long distance dealios or whatever the remote read. Mm -hmm. Which that that one... I mean honestly has like I I live in the middle of fucking nowhere, so you know I don't I don't get to do the reading thing that much. So this whole remote read, you know, has really just made my life so much better. Yeah, you don't have to, like, hop on three buses or, like, drive your car to, like, just go to a Pokemon Go raid. You know, you don't have to. Right? I mean, like, I live so much in the middle of nowhere that I can't to deliver to my house, so. Oh, like, where's your, like, do you have a, like, what's your closest, like, Pokestop? Uh, ten minutes from my house. Damn. Like, walking or driving? driving oh that's rough yeah i i yeah. I, uh, yeah. I fortunately live in philly so <laughs> it's pretty populated over here i mean i'm like i'm like 15 minutes away from Pennsylvania line like towards where york is but okay 
I'm like five minutes away from a state park, and mm. there are no sidewalks in oh, my town. Okay, well, yeah, that uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for sure. Because I think it's all based on population, and I like how they work everything in the game. I think that's how it's kind of worked out. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know the science behind Pokemon Go. All I know is that when we were playing, uh, we we had friends. I had friends over yesterday playing D and D, and in between turns, they were all just playing damn Pokemon Go. I was like, Uh, I'm playing Pokemon Go or D and D. Like, what are we doing here? Like, come on. (laughs) Um. So with um, with Litwick's portal that you've created, where did the name uh like, where where, why that name? Curious. Well, you know, there there was definitely some marijuana involved. Um, with all great, as as with all great ideas, <laughs> I was but sitting wait. and watching an episode of I want I, I guess it was Sun and Moon or I'm trying to think of what season they came out in. Do you stay current with the um with the anime? As I mean, as, mu- as as much as somebody with Netflix and no technological skills can. <laughs> yeah. Um. So sort of. <laughs> but um, there there is this episode where Ash and the crew. Might it, it, it might have been before Sun and Moon, I think. Um. But there's there's this old chateau, and it's completely overrun with a bunch of like Litwick and um, Chandelure and whatever the middle dude's name is. I can never remember. Mm. Um, but you know, it's just like this this little like ghost Pokemon haven, and for some reason, you know, like his friends are like poking around in there, and Team Rocket ends up being in there too. And, um, you know, they, like, they, they transform it into, instead of, you know, looking like an old, like, you know, abandoned shack, you know, they transform it into, like, this beautiful mansion. And, you know, at, like, the end of this episode, like, the climax to it is this huge battle where it's, you know, like, Ash and Team Rocket. And everybody, they're all teamed up because um, the ghost Pokemon have opened this portal to the ghost realm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just, like, completely, you know, just draining the life force from everybody. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you, you either fight back and you, you win or you die. Mm. And you know that that that's kind of been a very big theme in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you either you either fight back or you die, and it, it just it it really clicked with me. And then you know, like I, I read on you know like some of the symbolism like behind the Litwick and the Litwick family, and um, you know with them acting as a psychopomp and an initiator and a you know a guide to you know a, a liminal space and um you know the, the next point in your life it just that was it 
Yeah, actually, um, I just looked up Bulba, or I just looked up uh, Litwick on Bulbapedia, and I have the uh, the, the Pokedex entry from Ash's Pokedex, I guess, in the uh, in the cartoon for Litwick. So I could I could share that with uh, if if you think like that would be cool for people to, yeah, absolutely. to hear. So um, so this says so Litwick. Uh, should I read it like the Pokedex? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> Litwick, the candle Pokemon. Litwick appear to be helping to guide the way of people by illuminating areas that are darkened, but in reality, they are actually leading them to the ghost world. They feed off of the life energy of people and Pokemon and use it as fuel for the flames on their heads. That is actually pretty, like, metal as fuck, um, <laughs> and very occulty. <laughs> like, damn, Litwick, alright. <laughs> So I guess that was like a like that that symbolism really spoke to you for for naming kind of like your it's it's a blog right it started as a personal blog. I mean I I guess I don't I don't even know I kind of just <laughs> do the thing and put it out there sort of shoddily because I don't really know what I'm doing. That's fair. That's fair. That's kind of how this podcast got started. I kind of just like went to Scott's house and said, "Hey, we're recording a podcast." So I feel that. Um, I'm just yeah, looking here. I on... guess in some way it is a blog, but who knows? So, um, do you have like a like a strong community following for your? your kind of like little community that you've created like do you talk a lot with you know people that follow your pages you have a lot of interaction i mean i i try to like as much as my mental state allows for it i mean generally i am slightly terrified of talking to people most of the time oh but, no are you okay you know, on this that's a move oh no okay no, I'm, I'm i'm fine okay no, good um, but um you know I, I i i like to try to i mean when right after i really became serious with litwick's portal um my best friend at the time um killed himself mm. and um you know it was he was one of the people that you know told me how like on point my craft was mm. So it was one of those things that, like, after he passed away, you know, it became really important to me to, um, you know, continue doing what I was doing as a way to kind of help with my own mental health issues. But also, you know, like, um, build a bridge between two communities that I really enjoyed being a part of. You know, with, with, like, the Pokemon community and, like, you know, the Chaos Magic community. You know, they, those are, like, two really, really big parts of my life. You know, so, you know, I know a lot of us, you know, struggle with our own personal issues. Like, I, I like to, like, have a place, you know, where people that are like us don't have to feel so alone. Hmm. The the vibe that yeah. your uh, particularly your Facebook page like the, it's it's very um it's very welcoming. I notice um like when you when you do your readings the the images that you put out are so stylized and they're they're so bright and like 
vibrant and happy and um i'm curious like how do you put the do you use a particular program to put them together or like how do you what's usually your process for putting one of these posts together um well you know i um I get baked and, you know, I sit <laughs> and I med- meditate for a few minutes, you know, and I pull my cards and, you know, like dig around and write whatever, you know, I happen to think that they might mean up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sort of create whatever, you know, background imagery or you know, visualizations based on the overall feel that I get coming off of the card itself. You know, I, I like it to kind of not necessarily act as an aura, but, you know, just a, a similar, you know, mm-hmm. sort of something to that that lends, you know, the visual aspect to the words that I'm trying to, you know, come up with, I guess. And I noticed you do a lot of... um a lot of research into like the the historical inspiration behind a lot of these pokemon and like the cultural and like a lot of the the folklore that it comes from and um like how much time do you would you say like how much time do you put into a reading especially the ones you post publicly um well i mean like you know because this is stuff that i've researched for years at this point, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of it, you know, is memorized up into a point, but okay. I, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, I still have to go back and like double check because, you know, I, I have that whole, um, um, like imposter syndrome thing going on where yeah. Constantly yeah. second guessing myself, but mm-hmm. also, you know, like this I smoke a lot of pot too, so I'm just like, oh shit, you know, I gotta gotta double check my work so I say something stupid. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, for like my daily stuff, it's usually like a half an hour, you know, thinking of what I'm gonna write and then like, you know, fifteen, twenty minutes of like fiddling around on a program with like whatever image I'm doing. And like with my images I, I use ibis paint mm-hmm. and um pixart pro on my phone cool like <laughs> i'm i have i have a laptop or i guess a chromebook which i guess is not the uh, same a pseudo laptop i guess <laughs> which which is like really devastating to me because i didn't realize that like until i went to go download steam and realized yeah that is not a thing because I really wanted to play Magic Online with my friends that live down in like Georgia and stuff, and that didn't work out. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah, a lot of people Aww. get disappointed when they buy a Chromebook, and then they're like, "Wait, what do you mean it's not a laptop?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like, it's like really, it's it's like a weird, it's a it's a difficult thing to explain what it actually is. It's an Apple yeah, device. It's... Oh well, for fuck's sakes, bud." <sighs> With the, the Chromebook? E- the easiest way to explain it is it is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well no, the Chromebook oh, is no, just not... yeah, it's just Google Chrome. Yeah, it's different. It's just like you're limited to like only a browser. <laughs> like it's That's absurd. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, because like, you know, there have been multiple programs like 
probably like a few weeks ago because you know i'm like i said i'm like extremely bad with technology i'm not good at all but you know so i'm sitting here trying to download this program so i can like splice my videos for my youtube channel together mm -hmm. and for some reason like it's not you know downloading the actual program that i want the only thing that keeps on opening is like ibis paint but in different windows and I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just like i don't know what this means somebody help me you know like i'm I, i'm a slightly competent magician but i don't know fuck all about computers so if you are an IT person out there and you would like to give some assistance, uh, reach out to uh, Ursa, for sure. Right? Please. <laughs> um, so, I think that, that kind of that kind of wraps up all my questions that I kind of had about like the Pokemon scene stuff. I've, I've kind of like, yeah, I was kind of waiting for you to yeah dive through your 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 shotgun list. <laughs> yeah, I did. I just had like a ton of questions about it because I thought it was just so cool and interesting because I like personally like and Sophia, this is not a a, a shade a shade thrown at you, and I know you like your <laughs> your uh you like the Rider weight, right? Then that what you read or you read the Thoth? No, you read the Thoth. Um, so I I actually can't even just read Thoth as itself. I like to do hybrid between Thoth and Elder Futhark runes mm -hmm. because um, I'd like a little bit more clarification on my cards, and I have a very specific method that I work with them where I do either three cards or five cards. Mm -hmm. So and it's it does not divine the future; it divines about a subject you ask. And like the center card is the question in specific; it like represents mm -hmm. that, and then everything around that is like things or people influencing it with factors you know so mm -hmm. it talks about what you're going through and it doesn't tell you about like the future because i can't handle stuff that prophesizes it, it upsets me for reasons i've stated many times um but yeah. i do not do the uh rider weight whatsoever no okay um for some I, reason I in my head i, I thought you did but i know there are plenty of oh. people out there that like pretty much like that is the hill they will that the hill they'll die on is rider weight or die you know and um it's, it's just because some people think that like going with this image of what's associated with being the most archetypal witch is what mm -hmm. gives them their strength and like if that's what you truly like and works best for you absolutely power to you right but there's no reason that like you lose if the ability to enact change with will by using a different system or deck that's absurd you know mm -hmm. yeah uh, yeah no i i agree with you there people i mean you, you know how it is it's it's an ego thing for a lot of people yeah yeah there's a huge ego issue especially in the you know, cult community but um, but yeah, I was gonna say like a lot of people they really swear by the Rider weight, and I just personally I find it like the most boring of all of them. Um, it sucks. I know. I feel like I feel like we might we might get our first piece of hate mail for me saying that. So I'll check the inbox uh, for that. <laughs> and like a big thing too is it was like written and made by a woman who I actually know very little about, and I should look up before even talking about right now. But um, and he basically just planted his name on it and said, "Look at me," uh, and took credit for it. So I kind of have a sore spot about that as is. And and um i actually did not know don't that really like it for divinatory purposes yeah that's unless like what i was told about that was incorrect but that's what i have been informed hmm. about i actually probably I mean, after this i'm gonna look that i'm gonna look 
I, I feel like Crowley kind of did that to an extent too, though, with you know Lady Harris's work, though. You Probably, know. oh yeah. I, I, I that sounds like exactly what Crowley would do. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like you know, I I don't even know that it was an intentional thing on his behalf. I mean, he's just you know, it's fucking Crowley. He he's got to be all up in everybody's business. You know, <laughs> look at me. He did but, not have you know, chill. I mean, he was like, I, I love her work. You know, she deserves so much more credit than she gets in mm-hmm. in so many ways. Yeah. So, like, I've been following your page for a while, and I kind of want to talk about, like, individual Pokemon archetypes that stand out and really speak to you, or, like, ones that pop up. And I had a couple of questions, too. Like, um, first off, I notice you occasionally have, like, one card or two cards in a reading. How does that work out? Like, what makes you get the different numbers of cards with it? You know, honestly, it's kind of so. It's just whatever I'm feeling for that day. Realistically, okay. you know, some some days I'm I'm led to do. Some days, you know, <laughs> I could flip half a deck of cards at somebody. You know, it just really depends on my mood, I guess. Yeah, and I noticed you also use um the missing runes. Yes, I I really enjoy with the unknown. Um, or the unknown, right? Do you want to touch on those? I like I'd love to, you know, because they're they're a part of Pokemon that you know, like from the get go, were meant to be this mysterious thing, and there still, you know, is not as much lore about them as there is, you know, a lot of the other Pokemon, especially considering that, you know while they're considered, you know, one type of Pokemon, you know, you have one for, you know, each letter of the alphabet, and then you have, you know, punctuation runes as well. But, you know, like, when you look at their Pokédex entry, they're still only, you know, viewed as, you know, one Pokemon. Um, yeah, they're, like, kind of like a, like a, they're, like, the one Pokemon collective that you find in the Pokemon like, universe. They're, like, a collective of Pokemon. It's like um almost like a hive mind kind of is kind of like how they kind of yeah, portray them no, as the, the oh. way the way I kind of you know view them in <laughs> I guess I don't know if I consider it simplistic terms because what the fucking Kabbalah is simplistic but you know to me it's it's almost like like you know like the Ein Sof of you know the the Pokemon world. You know it's the un mm-hmm. unmanifested godhood of you know Pokemon because you know it's it's the word it's creation itself. It just you know it's separate. It hasn't you know been called into being yet for the most part because like occasionally you see Pokemon you know in the quote-unquote real world you know where ash and his friends are and stuff. but for the most part you know they exist separate in their own dimension you know away from everybody else mm-hmm. so you know it, it's it's really only when i don't want to say needed but you know when focused upon in some way you know when when a huge amount of will is focused in their general direction is you like when they seem to make an appearance, you know, and and like the 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 third movie of Pokemon, you know, is like a prime example of that, you know. 
um, with the little girl who, you know, like loses her mom and then her dad disappears and, you know, it's pretty, pretty much just like freaking the fuck out and, you know, just like is going through, you know, the, this, this book that she had been looking at with her father, you know, that tells the story of, you know, like the legendary beasts and of the unknown self. And, you know, pretty much just, like, conjures them into being. And then, you know, next thing you know, like, there's this, you know, twisted crystal world. And her dad is Ente. And, you know, like, just... It's very, very interesting, you know, like, the the potential that these creatures have for, like, manifesting stuff in the Pokemon world. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, um, from what it, you've described in your cards, are, like, pseudo-gods, almost. Like, um... Like the divine beasts, uh, between like Suicine and Tai, and um, the lightning one that I can't remember. Um, Raikou, yeah. Raikou, yeah. Um, they all like seem like divine archetypes of something that I completely don't understand. And then there's like Rayquaza, and then like Darkai and Groudon and Kilgrave and all of these like really huge archetypes. And I, I always kind of wanted to chalk that up to like Pokemon always needing to draw upon a bigger and bigger source of something to like one up itself each game. But you know, it, it really does also kind of seem like they're building a whole world, you know, and it's like there's different points of like God it even you know, in in the game. And it's it's interesting. So like what's your kind of take on the whole Pokemon mythos of like the gods and like do you utilize them and invoke them similar to angels for protections and do altars and spells with them like that? I mean I I do and before I go into that I to touch on what you were just saying with you know them feeling the need to like you know keep up with the Joneses you know with with each game that they Mm -hmm. put out you know they they really they did it again with um with sword and shield you know not so much with um you know Zacian and like Zazamenta but with um with Eternatus, you know, who is, you know, at this point, the absolute largest, you know, scale-wise Pokemon that they have in existence, you know, who is based on, you know, like, the Ouroboros, but also, like, you know, (laughs) really, like, has a lot of, you know, similarities between, like, Karanzan and, like, you know, like, (laughs) <laughs> Babylon herself and it's just like it's fucking mind blowing you know I'm just like you know, here, like like playing this game and like my, 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 my kids just like look at this fucking dragon mom and I'm just like oh yeah look at that dragon you know yeah, what I'm gonna say is it's like funny we start off with like first generation Pokemon which is like you know Mew's the progenitor of all Pokemon and mm-hmm. then more keeps getting discovered more keeps getting discovered and it's funny how like they they go from innocent look at this it's so wonderful we're going around we're practically catching bugs it starts off with Caterpie and, and Pidgey next thing you know welcome to God and Kronzon and Ouroboros <laughs> and the nature of the universe and you are literally doing that Shin Megai Shin Tensei thing where you catch 
capture demons and fight God. And then, except in this case, you don't kill God. You take God into your Pokedex and you hang out like buddies and whoop some other kids down the street's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, holy shit, I'm going to go eat curry with this God thing. Oh, man. I I just, I, I haven't finished Sword and Shield yet. Um, so uh eternatus i i look i looked up uh the bulbapedia entry on this there's no like pokedex entry though that i can see here but um oh yeah actually there is all right so all right so here it is for sword um the core on its chest absorbs energy emanating from the lands of the galar region this energy is what allows eternatus to stay active um, and then the shield entry says, It was inside a meteorite that fell 20,000 years ago. There seems to be a connection between this Pokemon and the Dynamax phenomenon. So it's like literally like this alien dragon that came to Earth inside a meteor. Like, that's just... That's fucking huge, like, even for right? Pokemon and, you standards. Know, it's, it's interestingly, like, that's, that's kind of a common theme in Pokemon, because, you know, with black and white, you know... We we had kind of like three dragons that did yeah. that thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess technically four, depending on you know like which myth of because you know they some people say that the original dragon you know came down and then you know there was three different dragons and you know it just everybody gets a dragon. <laughs> you get a dragon and you yeah. get a dragon, <laughs> right? Go on, I mean, take I'm, one. I'm, I'm with it. I want a dragon. Yeah, that sounds cool to me. <laughs> um, here's a question. Which Pokemon do you think really speak to you on a personal basis? Like, for example, I really, really, really fucking relate to Lugia. There's another Pokemon as well, um, but I can't remember it off the top of my head because there's like fucking hundreds of them at this point um, <laughs> that I really relate to as well from what you've divined. But Lugia always stands out of like uh, secluding themselves at the bottom of the sea to protect the world from like their emotions and like what right. they can do because they wreak havoc. Because like, holy shit, that's me. And I can wreak havoc when I come out and I know it. And I like, ah. So I fucking relate to that card a lot whenever it comes up. But like, what ones really speak to you personally and show up a lot in your own personal life? Um, honestly, Baltoy shows up a lot for me. Even though it's not okay. something that like I genuinely like try to relate to, but it's it's constantly coming out of the, coming out of the cards for me, which is interesting, you know, because they are, you know, a little clay doll top and um you know in mm-hmm. my personal research i've come to find them as you know a temperance card <laughs> which you know um balance is something that you know i do have issues with sometimes you know um keeping my footing and finding a good momentum but also um i really think mimic you a lot oh interesting is that about the imposter syndrome? Um, a little bit to an extent, but a lot of it deals with like, um, you know, like neglect and loathing, but also, um, you know, it's um, it's it's Z move that it has, um, you know, like the let's 
snuggle forever where you know it, it pretty much turns into like a fucking angry circus tent and like envelops everybody you know um there's like some oh, wow. some very lovecraftian vibes there you know um he's got like a, they've got like a real big like haster feel to them and mm. you know what lovecraftian those you know again been like a really big inspiration in my life you know i've been reading that bastard since you know like middle school so you know seeing parallels yeah. with that you know was neat but you know i i i do work with pokemon like as you know how how people like angels and like deities and stuff like as you know, a protector spirit to me, mimic you would be somebody that looks out for somebody that, you know, has been in the same position that the mimic you has been in. So to me, it's like the patron Pokemon of all of those people that, you know, feel like they aren't noticed and, you know, aren't cared for to the extent that they should be. Oh, wow. I can feel that. <laughs> you know, and it just like how. It hates Pikachu, you know, because it wants to be Pikachu kind of thing. But really, it's not even that it wants to be Pikachu. It's It wants to be accepted and loved for who it is, you know. And mm -hmm. it, it, it feels that it can't be, so it, you know, puts on this disguise, you know. And, like, as... But as a queer person, that's like my life, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've, yeah. I like, I, like again, I pulled up the Bulbapedia on this because I'm, I'm not familiar with a lot of the newer Pokemon. Um, I'm kind of catching up to the newer ones. Um, but yeah, I'm reading through this. I'm like, oh, oh god, like it's so like I'm feeling incredibly emotional. Like reading through this, like if so, it's it's a Pokemon, it's a Pokemon under a rag. So like. And like this rag is stylized to look like Pikachu is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, and then it says um, uh, repairing the rag correctly is often so if if the rag gets damaged, so it'll like it'll spend a lot of time repairing it. Repairing the rag correctly is often difficult for Mimikyu, so it cries a lot on the inside. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh damn, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't think Pokemon gets dark. No, it's um No it's it it's, is very it's relatable. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean that's what I'm saying, you know, it's just mm. like patron Pokemon there, you know. Like I feel like a lot of people could probably it's identify. The heartstrings. Yeah. And Pokemon gets really um Pokemon gets really dark. I really gotta wonder. I would love to interview like some of the people that like create these um these Pokemon, like like where some of these inspirations come from. Like was someone having like a particularly bad bout of like Foster syndrome or, or something like that and they're like, Oh, I can sort of personify this or anthropomorphize this as a creature and maybe that helped them deal with that feeling. Right, definitely. Probably, yeah. I mean, I think that goes on with any good degree of art, is you, like, pour a very real human emotion into it, and that's what makes it, like, a good story or character or sigil or Pokemon, you know, is, like, that relatability. 
And I, I really do love how much lore there is behind every single Pokemon, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Magikarp is always a really interesting one with me. Magikarp to Gyarados because it's that whole, you know, sometimes you become the uh, the Dragon King shit of the river and you can swim up the waterfall. And sometimes you eat shit and you get eaten for dinner, you know, and, and you mm-hmm. stay the carp your whole life, right? And it, it's it's this real holy shit, that's kind of life, you know, uh, juxtaposition. It, it, that's just how I always saw it. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you there. You know, and, and it's it's wholesome. Like, I, I love Magikarp, you know. Um, you know, to me, like, I, I would put them as, like, a strength card. You know, mm-hmm. with the whole, you know, um, in, internal strength, you know, people portraying you as, you know, a, a weak person because they, they can't see what's on the inside, you know, they, they don't understand that, you know, there, there's more strength than just physical strength, you know, and it's just like, you, you have this potential inside of you that, you know, like one day... People are going to be like, oh, you know, picking, picking on you one too many times, you know, yeah. What, yeah. what they think is this helpless, you know, individual finally like standing up for yourself and being like, no, actually, fuck you, buddy. Magikarp is probably like really relatable as like a trans is like, you, know, you, you, oh, go th- yeah. you go through a, a good portion of your life kind of like floundering about trying to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to just like, you know, do the thing you've been assigned to do. And you're like, something's not right. All here. you can do is splash. Yeah. You can just splash around. It's not effective. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like uh, me, you know. You me level try- up my proxy of your friends. They like throw you at something <laughs> to take a hit and then they like clean up the fight for you. And you like get a little stronger and they're like, oh, good work. <laughs> exactly exactly all i can think of is like uh being like uh, a young younger trans person and like not being quite out <laughs> to myself yet and like uh i i had this job interview at like a, a casino around here um it's for marketing <laughs> so it was post-college right so um and my partner at the time and my mom and my sister were like oh my god you gotta look good for this interview and i'm like okay i want to wear a suit and they were like well what kind of suit and I was like, like a suit, like with a tie and like pants and shit. And they're like, oh no, 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 no! Like you gotta go like, like a, like a Hillary Clinton power suit. That's what you gotta do. And they oh, no. went out <laughs> and they made me spend my own money. So first of all, what the hell? So they went out and they made me spend my own damn money on this very like, you know, you know, I, I guess a a woman's suit. A uh, woman's business suit, and <laughs> I couldn't have looked more like just ridiculous wearing this thing because I was like, this isn't right and if i ever felt like a fucking magikarp in my life it was then because i was just floundering about in this interview like uh yeah i was just so distracted by what i had forced myself to well well, i guess maybe i had forced myself to wear slash other people had forced myself to wear um (laughs) and i was like i i I just couldn't think i couldn't talk i couldn't i couldn't do anything and um and now it's funny because i recently just got a new job and i went into that interview and you know me is presenting as me and wearing what i 
you know, need to wear and whatnot. I went in there and I was like, hey, I want a job. And they were like, okay, let's talk. And I, and I, if I ever felt like a Gyarados, it was definitely in that moment <laughs> of my life. Right. And see that that's wonderful. You know, it's like, I, I like, I like to think of, you know, other Pokemon than just, you know, Sylveon as, you know, being pro trans rights because, you know, like the, the uh-huh. being trans is not always, you know, and being queer, you know, in general is not always feeling pretty and you know like dainty and fucking happy all the time like sometimes it's a fucking fight to the death and people aren't as keen to admit that sometimes so you know like sometimes we do need you know these like aggressive fucking you know spirits and you know powers on our side you know the agron or the machamp Yeah, you know, we can't always be as, you know, rough and tumble as we'd like to be, but there are definitely others that are willing to help us when we can't. I I had mentioned that you're kind of like the Oracle Delphi over there with Pokemon cards uh, and just being like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. I'm taking the roll over, you know? Um, <laughs> and and I, I'm very down with that. And, like, the way that you do your divination is really great. How you talk about, like, effects and energies going on in the day rather than, like, uh, precognitive divination. Um, what led you more to, like, that style of divination rather than, like... You're gonna die, bitch. Well, I mean, because why would I need to divine the fact that we're all gonna die? I mean, I already fucking know that. You know what I mean? Like, (sighs) but I mean, more so like future prediction you know because like some people are really doing that like they'll be like okay so this cycle this is gonna happen you know like what do you think uh is the key difference there in predictive versus like or even what would you say that your uh divination style is in that regard is it like emotional or like current based you know definitely both of those things but honestly i i i guess i will go into a little story of why i don't like any sort of predictive divination and kind of like shy away from it um yeah that'd be great i think you and i have touched on in the past about um you know, Spotify and using that as a, you know, oh my god, and the intense things that that brings forth. Yeah. And, um, I, I want to say maybe it was around the same time that you and I actually became friends. Um, one of my best friends killed himself oh fuck i'm sorry no no it's it's i mean it is it is what it is but yeah spotify was kind of like hinting that to me for like a few weeks prior you know through Mm -hmm. various songs and i like i didn't piece it together until like a week or two after 
and you know just the the way things played out with that was a little bit too intense for my liking so you know I just I go with what I feel and what gets brought to me and you know just try and interpret the flow of things the best that I can I guess yeah I feel like that's a wise and respectful way to do it you know because I mean you know it's it's not the same kind of message every day you know some days you know it's it's a more positive thing and you know it's really working through um you know a, a lot of growth and a lot of of shadow work and then sometimes yeah you know, like oh oh well that hurts every single part of my body ever ow why why did you do this to me and it's it's very strange because you know with Pokemon being an ever-growing, you know, entity, as it were, you know, there's just so many more ways to get called out, you know, and they, they just keep on coming out with new ways that, you know, are just, like, super hyper-personal. Yeah, and once you kind of, like, tap into a hyper-sigil like that... It grows. Um, in my personal experience with stuff, um, even something as simple as like my friend playing Chrono Trigger to affect a spell on a deliberate playthrough, and how that like popped up into stuff in her life very strongly. Like I can't imagine how much um, feedback you get out of like the universe through like different cards you come across you know like that's probably got a bit be a bit of a trip to you ever feel like it's almost like divinity speaks to you through the cards when they like pop up or does stuff like that happen there's you know there's definitely been a few instances of that and it's it's one of those things where yeah i i could almost I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's like having yeah, because like the divinity's a loaded word. You know, with you know, I I guess like whoever I'm tapping into, you know, it's like I'm I'm having this immersive dialogue through the cards and. I really don't I really don't know the best way to just to describe it. It's almost like an inner monologue, like, you know, I guess like how, you know, when you're in a Gnostic state, you know, tapping into like the HGA or something, you know, but mm -hmm. you know, amusing conversational dialogues something. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because like anything in the universe can kind of provide a feedback for um, divine insight. And I know divine is like a very loaded word. That's why I try to use it sparingly. But that's what we were talking about with like the Spotify um, prediction algorithm stuff. It's essentially like when 
the songs that you have in your predictive uh, stuff popping up after listening to one song leads you into like messages about what's going on with your life and things like that. That's like what we're talking about for those who don't necessarily know. And um, right, for it, sure. And it kind of like pops up even in like magic cards. Like I found a magic card um, called Search for Tomorrow that I have on my altar right now because it like fell out of my collection at like a perfect time when that's kind of like what I was doing so I was like looking for a way forward in my life and in the world and I was like oh fuck man I need this so like I, I assume that happens a lot with you too you know because that's kind of how it works right oh absolutely yeah no I'm trying to think of who I actually have on my altar right now I think most of what I have up there is um I have a, a ho-oh which I've been working with for a while, but I think everything else at this point is um, those really cool cards that Kyler makes. I don't know if you've seen them. I may have seen them. If you're posting them on your page, I certainly would have. I have in the past. Um, I don't know. I think he's been busy doing stuff because I haven't seen him post any recently, but he makes really, really neat cards. Uh and he sent me some in the mail so I have them up there so if you guys get a chance you should check them out I'm yeah sure, definitely sure he will be posting more sometime soon what are your uh, favorite Pokemon to work with on like a magic sense then because like I was asking you earlier about um if you like invoked Pokemon for um like a ritualistic sense and I'm just curious like what ones are really close to your heart I probably work with Lucario the most recently, yeah. I guess. Um, just because, you know, I've been doing a lot of shadow work and, like, personal unpacking with, um, you know, uh, dealing with, like, a Chiron in Aries that transit there has brought, like, a lot oh, of... Yeah. A lot of childhood trauma up to like the forefront. So um been working with Lucario, but I also uh, I guess Spirit Tomb a lot for you know some of like the more nasty stuff that needs to get done. But really, I guess the Unknown and Golurk have been my main ones lately. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've been really interested in um, you know golem creation for a while, and I don't want to give any spoilers. I'm just gonna say that you you have Netflix. The new season of Pokemon is up and should be watched because it's it's intense. <laughs> oh, is that the um, Sun and Moon? No, it's um, Journeys. It's the second half of that. Journeys. Yeah, no, Sun, nice. Sun and Moon is great. Yeah, I heard Sun and Moon honestly might be one of my favorite series at this point. Yeah, I heard they were kind of shaking things up in Journeys. Like, they were doing things in Journeys that they really haven't done in other seasons of Pokemon. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to take me a few times of rewatching it as a whole now that, you know, the second half of it is out. 
I think I'm going to have to go back and watch everything from the beginning and kind of piece it all together again and see how I feel about it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of really great info and things going on in that. But, you know, like I said, I, I really I don't want to do the spoilers thing, so I don't want to get too into that per se. But it's definitely Fair. worth checking out when, you know, you have a moment yeah, for sure. God, now I wanna. Now I almost want spoilers just to like know. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know, I know you do. I I can just like you know like message those to you, but everybody else, I don't. I don't... Honestly, I personally don't mind spoilers either because I don't know if po- Pokemon's probably one of those series I don't really mind spoilers about necessarily. Um, but I, I could just like say in here, you know, if you don't want Pokemon Journey spoilers, skip ahead a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um. Well, there's a really spooky Gengar in there. Oh. Um you see you see the Gengar a little bit in the the first half of the season and you know, it's they haven't I mean like in the original series there was like a giant Gengar that you know was like supremely evil and you know had this intense battle and stuff but they have Gengar in this season and you know he's super spooky and like you know just very malicious you know that really dark Gengar energy that you don't really see as much you know there's Mm -hmm. there's usually that at least like a slight playful trickster aspect to him you know in every season that you do get to see him so far But, you know, in this, you know, there's just this rage and, you know, torment, you know, just that that true shadow entity there. Yeah. Which, you know, is is exciting, you know, it's, there's definitely, you know, a few spots there that, you know, there's a little cliffhanger with the Gengar, but, um. There is also Golurk, which this this was great. Um, September eleventh, I had posted my cards for the day was Golurk, and I don't I don't remember. I would have to check back and look. It was Golurk and somebody were my cards for the day on that day, which is the day that the second half of Journeys dropped here, and one of the episodes has um ash and go (laughs) go into this set of ruins and you know solve a puzzle and there's this giant orb that comes up out of the ground that turns into like a giant um you know raid pokemon version of golurk so it's like fucking gigantic Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if either of you are familiar with the story of the Golem of Prague, no. I've heard that story, but I don't remember it, actually. Um, or, I can't remember which rabbi, um, his name was off the top of my head, but, you know, constructed this golem, you know, to protect the city, 
and it ended up going haywire and you know you know destroying shit killing a bunch of people you know just like fucking shit up you know until it was you know dismantled and like hidden away in an attic somewhere and you know in the episode that the Golurk is in you know it's um you know, walking around doing its, you know, giant automaton thing and the seal on its chest, you know, ends up falling off and, you know, that just, it unleashes like this huge energy beam, you know, that just like starts laser destroying everything. Jesus. You know, little me over here is just like flapping in happiness. I'm like, yes! I'm like, Isaac, get the golem! (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome yeah well it's good to see Pokemon getting uh, adult for a change you know yeah no it's I mean that's great It's it's been a really like emotional season but I I've been enjoying it for sure yeah I was gonna say it's not to say that like the rest of Pokemon isn't adult per se because like I haven't watched any of it past the original series uh I watched actually a little bit of Sun and Moon like at the beginning um but not too too much um it seemed really good though uh and I really liked the direction that they were taking everything in I just like I'm not a TV person (laughs) I mean, that's fair. I mean, there there's a lot of TV that, you know, my, my friends mentioned to me that I have yeah. absolutely no idea what they're talking about or mm-hmm. want to talk about, you know. Now, I, as you can tell, though, I'm a video game person because my Pokemon Go is, is, like, pretty on point. But right? even oh, no, you yeah. said no, there's, I was, like... I was just talking about that earlier. <laughs> oh, handed to me i i uh do battle leagues um i'm like rank five in the battle leagues i don't even know what that means um but there's people who like beat my ass like no tomorrow so i figured like oh i'm like nowhere near meta i don't even have like great pokemon attack combos at like the the range we were playing at but even with that said i do like play a significant chunk of like battle and use what i have so like all my pokemon do have like the ideal move sets who i would actually end up using aside from like maybe haunch pro but like yeah i'm 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 pretty into my pokemon go i'm like pushing for level 35 right now and doing daily raids if i can see i'm getting there but you know it's like part of it is living out in the middle of nowhere you know yeah at a slight disadvantage there yeah, it ain't fair living in the cities and being able to just go, like, F off and get raids and get, like, Rayquaza, Groudon, and, like, uh, everything from here to Timbuktu, you know? Yeah, I was kind of, like, wanting to talk a little bit about just, like, significant Pokemon that almost show up as, like, omens as well. Because, like, for me, um, when I'm watching your divination, like, Lugia shows up and really means a lot for me when it does. Um, You pulled double Snorlax on a day where I slept for 12 hours? Like, what the fuck was that that you did? Oh, holy. Like, double Snorlax? 
you know that one for me too i was just we'll see and you know i don't I don't, I don't remember how much detail I've gone into about like how much my, you know, <laughs> working deck, so to speak, consists of, but you know, I do try to not have doubles if I can avoid it, unless I find, you know, that there is like significant flavor text that, you know, I feel like would pertain to something or, you know, unless it's like a really, really cool card that I really like or something. So... Yeah. You know, I have a pretty sizable, you know, deck of cards that I'm working with. Like, how many cards do you work with for your daily? I'll send you a picture. Oh wait, I can I can do that while we're. Um, <laughs> I need to count them again because I actually just got another booster the other day, and I haven't updated my spreadsheet. Um, but here I'll send you a picture. Hell yeah. Okay. I just sent that on the messenger because I forgot that I could send it on the Discord like an idiot. But like, pretty decent sized box. That is a hell of a big deck, <laughs> right? So I mean, like to you know pull pull two Snorlaxes out of that, you know. That's okay. like that's like five or six tarot decks or more. Yeah, like like I said, it's it's a it's a decent amount of cards there. Wow. Uh, and you also use like TMs as well, I've noticed sometimes, right? Um yeah, I have I have a few random ones. Um there was a while there where I didn't use any of, like, the trainer or, uh, you know, like, item cards or energy cards. But mm-hmm. I guess, I guess probably, like, after a year of, like, really delving into my system, I started incorporating them. I had a better understanding of how, you know, they would play into everything. How do they play in? You know, I I use, like, depending on what it is, I use it as, like, a modifier, you know? Like, um, one of the ones that comes up sometimes is Hustle Belt, which, you know, to me... Oh, yeah, I've seen that. You know, kind of really ups the ante of the situation, you know? It brings it more to the forefront, you know? You gotta, you gotta, you know, buckle up, because change is a common, you know... Lots of uh, personal growth and inner strength being called into play there. Yeah, kind of like the chariot almost. Yes, absolutely. Um, God, Hustle Belt's my new favorite name for the chariot. <laughs> I like that. That's great. Um, but going back to um, significant Pokemon, um. Delphox is one that, since you had mentioned the Oracle of Delphi earlier, um, Delphox is one of my favorites and actually represents the Oracle of Delphi, hence the name, you know, Delphox. Damn, I didn't even know that. I do have 
the card floating around here somewhere. It's funny, I actually pulled out the one before it breaks in like two seconds ago. So I'm <laughs> currently looking through my cards to see which other one that, you know, usually has some sort of uh, importance in my personal life. Of course, Ursa Ring is a big one for me, at least. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and Litwick as well. Yes, of course, Litwick. And it's great because I actually, one of the cards that I have of Ursa Ring has a little teddy Ursa, you know, laying on top of its belly there. So, you know, that's oh. totally, you know, like a really, you know, um, good familial bonding card, you know, very positive. Yeah. Positive vibes going on there. Yeah, you got that strong parent bear vibe going on. Yeah, well, you know, I I love my little beans. They're really cool. And protect yeah. them fiercely, just like a nursery. Brr, stay away, I'll get you. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, my my little one is, is she she's a lot like I am too. You know, she she's very protective of others, and you know, stands up when she feels that something is. Not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So, um, Jay was kind of curious about talking about, um, witchcraft and pop culture. Yeah. Yes, I was. Yeah, I feel like those are kind of like the, the Pokemon side of the questions I had. And I'd love to kind of break into the just like pop culture and magic discussion because mm -hmm. like um when we were doing the pre-recording the episode we had that really organic conversation when we were talking about like brave little toaster and yeah and oh my god the brave little fucking toaster that that trauma dump of a show holy crap <laughs> yeah the, <sighs> the one and, and where they go to mars that one still why do they go to Mars? Somehow the baby ends up going there. Like, I want to say in like a laundry basket or something. On accident. Okay. And they need to go and retrieve this <laughs> infant child. Because I always just accidentally launch my baby to Mars in a laundry basket to... What kind of I a, mean, you a know, daily occurrence? Nineties weirder things have <laughs> happened, I'm sure. True. I was gonna say, like, what kind of a bad acid trip is this, where like right. a child goes to Mars, and the household appliances are the ones who are tasked in retrieving said wayward <laughs> child? Okay, but the the real question is, like, have you ever actually watched this film? Because it totally is Not as an like adult. a bad Not acid as an adult. trip. <clears throat> I, I definitely remember watching it. I was very young, though. Remember them singing? Of course, well, of course they're singing. You know, it's the Brave Little Toaster. There's going to be some sort of, like, horror show, mm -hmm. you know, musical going on. But, you, you know, know they're, they're making, like, this, this big musical number about, you know, like, planned obsolescence and about, you oh, know, how, how, you know some appliance wh whichever appliance is going to be like the next one to die and i'm just like oh my god it's dark 
Right? Like, I, at this point, I wonder how many Brave Little Toaster movies there are. Because I know there are a few. But I feel no. like I've only seen two of them. But I feel like there are more. I feel like 90s were, like, generation mindfuck, you know? Because, like, I look at what my nephew gets now, and it's like, fucking Paw Patrol. You know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Peppa Pig. And it's like, that's fine. But to be fair, though, I do Peppa Pig, okay. Okay, like. that's and and Peppa Pig is a sassy motherfucker. Like on that mm-hmm. that uh, when he hangs up at the Peppa Pig hang up meme. Yes, I oh. love that. It's one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> it's it's true. Peppa Pig is actually pretty tight, and I'm not I'm not a fan of Paw Patrol, but I'll sit, sit with some Peppa Pig. Um, but like we had fucking dark childhood cartoons you know what i mean like uh we were talking about like secret of nim or five goes west you know like oh those gosh, type of yes. movies were were ones that i watched and like watching like mice run from their life from cats and stuff is just like this wildly real and visceral confrontation of like the outside world that you as a child are neither prepared nor equipped to handle yet is immediately thrust into your worldview, you know? Oh, absolutely. It, well, I mean, like, even, like, to take it, you know, um, I guess in a more fantasy, you know, uh, fictional way of things, you know, like, look, The Last Unicorn, you know, like, growing up with that, like, that gets I don't think I saw that one. Oh my gosh, the last unicorn is is very intense. It's beautiful, but it gets pretty dark. Jesus, I can imagine. Yeah, I see all the memes about like that horse in quicksand or mud or whatever it was. Oh, um, and the never ending story. Yeah, because I never was into that as a child. Um, Oh my and gosh, everybody I else is just traumatized story. to death about it. The never-ending story is great. Yeah. I feel like I should almost go back and re-watch a lot of these childhood movies with an adult lens, you know? That would be mean, a cool series. Definitely. I mean, because there's, there's three movies of it. Yeah. And one of them has, I like, def- has like baby Jack Black in it, so what? I love yes. Jack Black. Yes, no the the very the the third never ending story was like Jack one of Jack Black's first acting roles. Wow! Oh, interesting. Yes, yes, and he plays like a little angry punk guy, and it's adorable. That's like uh, Dave Chappelle in Robin Hood Men with Tights. <laughs> He's like, that's one of his first roles, and he's one of the main three characters in it, you know? That's what's yeah, up. You, you have to check this out. It's so cute. I mean, like, yeah, he, plays, he plays such a total butt, you know? Yeah. But, but it's just, it's adorable to see him that young, and, you know, he's all spunky and grumpy. <laughs> But I feel like, generally, generationally, it was almost like they were prepping us for how hard the world is going to fuck us. They're like, 
hey, we got some shit planned for you kids. Don't don't you worry. Here's some real heavy dark stuff to prepare you for what's what's up. Like I remember the thing that um was the most intense and freaky thing to me as a child. Uh do you remember Fantasia? I do. Yeah, this Fantasia scared the shit out of me as a kid, but I still watched it all the time. I don't fucking know why. Maybe it's I think it was because I really liked music and stuff. But um, the scene that always was the most for me was like Mickey and the brooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And with the multiplying (laughs) and they got to kill them. And it's like, oh, man, it's intense. And also as a child, I had this huge childhood fear of lava because I was like a childhood, childhood uh, paranoid kid. And people told stories because also when you live in the mountains, like you're near mountains or volcanoes. Right. And I lived near a deactivated volcano, Red Mountain. Um, So we learned a lot about them. And, uh, yeah, and then there's, like, Mount St. Helen, uh, a fair distance away from where I was, but you, it was on your mind. So, like, you as a kid hear that there's, like, volcanoes in the world that still could blow up, and you're fucking paranoid about it. And I was obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with the idea that a volcano could, like, develop in a new location and destroy us at any time, or, like, natural disaster. Like, that was my my big thing as a kid, and it was because of Land Before Time and all those movies where, like, you oh, see, yeah. uh, like, they're running from the, the, the T-Rexes that are all, like, ah, and, like, it's right. all red yeah. everywhere, and there's, like, and volcanoes going. erupting behind them. Oh God! And then they get to the the paradise, and it's all good. But then, like, it's not because, like, ten obviously they go on. Oh, oh, ten movies later. Yeah, no kidding. Gosh, what is there oh, like fourteen of those now? It is one of the most plentiful, over milked childhood series in in fucking literal existence. I mean, I, I gotta give them credit, you know, like, why why not? Just go yeah. for it. Yeah, people, people keep watching. watching yeah, people keep watching, they'll keep making them. I mean, here's the trick, right? The older kids like us... We'll watch we, it for the nostalgia. We had, no, 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 like, we watched, like, one through four, maybe, and then we're like, alright, I'm too old, fuck this shit, right? And then there's some new kids... We're like, all right, well, five to eight's gonna be my jam, but fuck everything after, you know? And that's how they keep going, you know? Every generation gets their couple of land before times before they're like, all right, fuck it, I'm out, man. <laughs> you just watch like about four or five of them and you're like, I'm yeah, it's, it's a teenager like, now. It's fine. Yeah, that's the I secret. Think, I think it, everybody still at least gets the first one. It's like, we all get the first one and then it's like, whichever generation you know, one's out. Yeah, yeah you gotta watch the OG one. Or whichever one's in like the thrift store when your mom's like doing a ship, uh, like a shop and run, you know. Oh shit, yeah. number five, let's grab that. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, time for no, your... Uh... No joke, last time I went to the <laughs> thrift store I got all of the Beethoven movies for my oh, school. yeah. Who is absolutely obsessed with Beethoven? That's so, great. 
Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm not even fucking around. Thrift stores are where it's at if you're like trying to find old movies and stuff like that. Like oh, yeah. or or deals in general. Like you can just um, be like, Oh shit, there's this job. Right. Get like DVDs for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. I am all about that. I was never really like a Disney kid, but like Alice in Wonderland was always like something that I kind of came back to. There is so much magic in Alice in Wonderland, and I'm not even talking about you know just like the fantasy type magic, but like there is so in much general, really? symbolism to unpack in this Alice in Wonderland. Weird watching it as a kid too, you know? Yeah, I mean. That was probably one of the earliest movies that I could probably remember. I think. Mine is My Little Pony and uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks World Tour movie. Those are my first two. (laughs) You're like, damn, that's that's awfully specific. See, I think the... first movie that I legit remember was the second Care Bears movie. Oh, yeah. What the name of it is. It's like the next generation maybe, but I remember it had the Care Bears cousins because the horse was always my favorite. I also always really liked the bad guy. Well, I guess guess Care Bears has had multiple bad guys. But um, yeah, No Heart, I think was the one. It was him and Mr. Beastly, and it, you know he's just like this really angry wizard guy with like the dark blue robe and like super angry bushy eyebrows. And you know, I really, um, I really want to, um, you know, make like a T-shirt of him doing, you know, the different signs <laughs> of the grades and stuff or something. You know, just something cool. Like that, you know. Yeah. Ceremonial care bears magic. What's up? I almost feel like um, childhood cartoons. They're almost like weird hyper sigils that like get implanted into us for a very long time. Because if you've ever done like any hallucinogenic tripping, like they come up big time when you're in the trips, right? Like mm-hmm. for some reason for me it's it's Fern Gully comes up a lot. Oh, I love that movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like the hyper sigil of like uh they knew that we're the generation who is gonna have to like fight against the machine and there's always been this whole like <sighs> meme that it's like it's gonna be you or nobody, baby. And it's always been pointed at us as millennials, and it's really hard to escape in our media and in general. Like, like Hunger Games. Yeah, I was just gonna like, say we've been yeah, fed. Hello. Yeah, we've been fed so much of this like uh, dystopian narrative or fighting against your oppressors sort of narrative, like. Look at or even um constant impossible even odds. in um even in Harry Potter, you know, like this this resurgence of mm-hmm. these of these evil people and these people that blindly followed this bad guy, you know, like he's back and but you know there's there's the people Umbridge who takes over the ministry. yeah right you know sure. it almost if you if you look at those Harry Potter books I mean 
regardless of how you feel about J.K. Rowling, you know, those books exist. The story is what it is. And, you know, she she really presented a very interesting thing. And it was almost like when, when we were reading it as kids, we were like, oh, well, that can't happen. There's no way. Like, our, our world couldn't possibly be as, you know, ridiculous or blind as the wizards. And yet, you know, it, there's almost this sort of... um. It's all, it almost seems like an allegory for things that are happening right now. So you might be on to something, Sophia, like our the things that we were raised on as kids, it's almost as if there mm-hmm. was some undercurrent of like, you're going to need this knowledge, you're going to need this inspiration in order to yeah. move forward when and, you're older. And like, uh, yeah, in between well, like you know, video you, games. Even Terminator to an extent, you know. Oh, oh yeah. fuck yeah, Terminator's huge. I mean, The Matrix, yeah, I know really I mention that all the time. Pardon? I think Pardon me, me and Ursa. That was a really of... early one for me, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay, no. there's some kind of lag. I think we end up talking on top of each other. No, I was, I was saying that, um, you know, I mention the Matrix all the time, but it's another big one. You know, Sophia, you you literally were talking of like, you know, the resurgence of the machine god. You know, like t- you know, taking over don't everything. Don't even get me so. started about the right. Don't even get me started about the time traveling machine god basilisk shit. <laughs> I want to scream every time I hear that fucker. But I mean, look at the Matrix and the similarities between you know that. So it's a uh, it's definitely. It definitely makes you sit there and and kind of kind of ponder. That's for sure. Like, who knew? Who knew what was up? And why did why did you decide to prep us through our media instead of just telling us to our faces? I mean, I think that any artist who wants to write a story for a landscape generally sets something that'll be relevant for the people coming of age. And anybody who's reasonably able to look into like what's going on with the world can say, hey, the people running this shit are doing a terrible job. It's pretty fucked. And if we don't do something, we're doomed. So maybe we should reflect that awareness in our art media, right? And then you as the child receive that current and then it it drastically affects you, right? And like, we, like, I had a conversation with my roommate earlier and it was like, I almost feel like with we as a generation, millennials, but don't even have a plan to retire. We just expect to die, you know. I it's mean, hard. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um even even me. Like I'm 29. I just started at like a company, and I'm like, yeah, there's you have to like search and dig and and ask and hunt people down, you know, to talk about 401ks and things like that, you know, and and I know people are in totally different positions where they don't even work for companies that even, even, you know, have that kind of conversation with them. Those, those plans just don't exist. Or some people, you know, do that kind of gig economy thing and they don't have anything like that at all. So there's, there's so much, there's so much there to, there's so much responsibility on there and you know not all of us just have that type of security yeah yeah and it's 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 something that like i just write off as a general thing i don't even think about it i'm like it's never something i'm gonna have access to i like when you were saying sophia how like um 
those those movies right so it's almost like our because it's pop culture right so pop culture is on a generational basis pop culture changes upon pop culture means different things depending on the generation that is consuming the media right so it's it's tailored to each to to age groups really you know i was was actually just watching that uh the documentary series called high score that's on netflix we're watching a couple episodes of that and you know they were talking about how you know nintendo was marketed more towards younger kids but sega was marketed more towards teenagers and that's why it went in a different direction and so pop culture Mm -hmm. is is a lot like that you know it depends depends you know who's who's being targeted and who's being marketed to and who's receiving those information uh and and those messages and i liked when you were saying how it's a current because i kind of view the different generate i i guess generations of of pop culture i view those different generational blocks of 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 time and media as like magical currents that you can tap into because if you watch you know like there was an iconic movie um you know, I feel like anyone who's a Star Wars fan and you should probably watch Spaceballs at one point, right? You know, it's a parody <laughs> of the original trilogy. Yeah. And I watched it recently with a friend of mine. He's he's an older Gen Z, so like he's on the cusp between like where millennial ends and Gen Z starts. And we were watching Spaceballs and like just some of the some of the humor he got, you know, it's it's some of it's timeless humor, especially if you like the Star uh-huh. Wars franchise. But some of it is very like very much suited to its time in which it was made. And like there is a scene with like uh, there's like like the Doublemint twins or something like that. And they're like, oh, I'm Charlie and I'm Marley. And he's like, I'll chew your gum, you know, and like and it's a it's a joke that's just totally lost on a couple generations it's a it's a joke that's only really for like a specific set of people and and yet it's a movie that can still be enjoyed so you can you can tap into that current while still existing in your own current and and it affects you even still Mm -hmm. even though it's intended for a different audience which i think is crazy about the way that pop culture's energy and magic sort of seep into our psyches Yeah, that's definitely something. I, I, and that's what I really like to like bring it back to the Pokemon see is it's like that deliberate application of something that's within our consciousness already is like a, a uh, deliberate artistic method. You know, like you have control over it and you work with it and build something really positive out of it. You know, right. So I was yeah. I was thinking we 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 could kind of wrap this up here. This is a conversation that can just keep going. You know, this is not a conversation in which mm-hmm. you're going to cover every movie, every game, every every like media that you've ever consumed in your life and how it's oh my gosh, affected right. your witchcraft. You know, like this is a conversation that could go on forever. Um, and I think I, th- I think it was cool that we that we talked a lot about Pokemon because all three of us, I mean, we grew up with Pokemon. I still play Pokemon Go. I still, you know, I'm still working mm-hmm. through like the I'm still playing Pokemon Shield and I enjoy it. It's a it's a formula that from a gaming perspective, it's a formula that's, that's so familiar and it just makes you feel good when you play it. You know, I've never played a Pokemon game in which I felt bad or angry. You know what I mean? There was never any negative <laughs> right. associations like, with I'm not Pokemon. yelling at anything when I play those. Right, like I'm just catching monsters and like 
battling other people and it's fun and it's cool and my pokemon are my friends and it's just a it's a beautiful franchise that has so much energy built into it you know i I get you know I, i know sophia and even you are say, you know, you talk a lot about like egregores and sort of magic, you know, Pokemon is that, you know, it's just, it's its own current, its own, it's grown into something, I think, beyond what its original conception of that idea was, you know, like, it's oh, just, it's, it's grown way bigger than they could have ever thought it was going to be, which is awesome. And it's connected and it brings so many people together. And it's intergenerational yeah, it's, too. It's, like my nephew loves it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's great being in like di- you know I'm in a bunch of the different you know random Pokemon groups on Facebook. And, you know, it's just like I see people like my parents' age. You know, like talking mm-hmm. about you know playing Pokemon with their families and stuff. And I mean, you know, I even you know have memories of being a kid. Like one of my favorite memories, you know, was going. Back when Wizards of the Coast actually had like a storefront out here, uh. like actually going to the mall and like you know picking out Pokemon cards with my grandpa when he was still alive, and it was like one of my favorite memories. Aww. You know, like it really does bring people together in a massive, massive scale. Right, and yeah. if, and if that's not magic, I mean, like I don't know what is. You know, this 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 force that can exist that brings people together i don't know how anyone could possibly argue that that you know it doesn't have a, a magical property to that it is magic station of that mm-hmm. so um and it's really great it was really great to have you here Ursa, to to talk about pokemon specifically because that's what that's your main jam right that's what you show on social media that's what you really like to share with people is pokemon you know all the work that you do with the pokemon and i think that i think you're, you're you're doing really great work out there because you're providing legitimacy to something that people especially you know people that are more have more traditional quote-unquote views on magic and witchcraft and tarot um they might turn their nose up at and you're providing legitimacy and justification for what these symbols mean and i think that's great you know, not everything has to be archaic. We don't always have to look to ancient symbols and old tarot cards and old ancient runes for knowledge and wisdom. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. But, you know, it's interesting at the same time, though. Um, you know, I've I've had a few messages, you know, from people that have interacted with my page, you know, saying that, you know seeing that Pokemancy is a thing has, you know, helped them in place of, you know, not being able to access, you know, tarot cards, right. you know, because sometimes, you know, people circumstantially, you know, cannot have them. And I get that, you know, being in, in the mm-hmm. witch, in the broom closet, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, is a very, very real thing. And, you know, I mean, like, granted, some parents are not keen on pokemon either but you know that's nowhere near as strict as it used to be and yeah sense, you know so the likelihood of being able to own pokemon cards is definitely a, a bigger you know and more accessible reality than you know getting tarot cards or like an oracle deck would be to some people yeah, and not even over Yu-Gi-Oh, really Yu-Gi-Oh cards even over game. Yu-Gi-Oh cards you know 
Well, yeah, I mean, because Yu-Gi-Oh cards are like super arcane and mystic, and there's yeah. like fucking Exaltia and gods and shit on it. And I could see a Christian mom being like, no to Yu-Gi-Oh, but yes to Pokemon. Yeah, because they're right? like cute and cuddly and they're bright and colorful. And, they're... and and like, what are you gonna do? Stop your kid from doing everything and being a child? Pokemon's like, it's so morally neutral at this point, you know? I mean, right. there are some people out there who just, you know, they don't... They don't see the you same way we You can't do. please everyone. It's true. You can't please everyone. Yeah, very true. But yes, I, I think the general overall consensus would be Pokemon is probably one of the yeah. least harmful of the card games that are out there. Card games. Um, I would, like I said, I would love to continue this conversation. And I really expect that we will in future episodes. There's so much to talk about and unpack. Like in particular, I want to really get a, a you know, maybe get into an episode maybe about video games specifically. It's just talk about Ooh. comic books specifically, movies, but you know, we could uh maybe break it down into categories. I think that would be really fun. But this the is our. Ducks. I would absolutely love to talk to. Yes. Again, that would be great. So this is like our Pokemon episode slash. We delved a little bit into like animated and Disney movies, which I think is cool. But um, yeah. for now, I think we can wrap up the conversation here. It was incredible to have Ursa on the show. And I hope everyone enjoyed this, you know, this uh, this interview thing that we're doing. Uh, we're trying to get more people into the podcast. And we want to hear from our community. We want to hear from other witches out there doing stuff. Um, also, I say the word witches like in a very general term on this show. <laughs> Just anyone who practices magic-y kind of things of that nature, that's or just kind of the term. I, yeah, you know. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but on this show, the words queer and the words witch are all always used very lovingly and positively. So, um, <clears throat> But for now, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, Ursa, any last like little parting words or thoughts that you would like to leave to our listeners? Um just thank you for having me and thank you for listening to the things that come out of my mouth <laughs> excellent all right sophia thanks for being here you're great that's what i have <laughs> thank to you. say thank you for having me was, this was so yeah. lovely you can find witches betwixt on the big three social medias facebook twitter and instagram our handle is Witches Betwixt, all one word on all three platforms. We all check each one, except Twitter, which is exclusively run by me, Jay, but feel free to message us on any of them, and we'll get back to you. If you want to add your post to our online community, use the hashtag WBTWXT. The links to our official Facebook group, Discord server, and website are in the show notes below. So is everyone, does everyone have a beverage, a smoke, a drink, or whatever they need? <laughs> I have... I have uh, yogurt, Skittles, weed, water, and my bong. I'm good. You know, are those, oh, okay, a, before we start, are those any good, the, the Skittles? Because that oh, seems uh, yes. so strict to me. Okay, get the big bag and just eat them one at a time. Don't suck on them. Chew them and, like, mash it up together and, like, enjoy the mixing of the Skittle and the, the um, yogurt coating.
That is some stoner shit right I was going to say, and make sure you're <laughs> high as fuck while you do it, because that's, it sounded very, it sounded like that was the instruction that might have been missing from the beginning, but also right? implied. <laughs> that's, okay, well, <laughs> I'm wrong. 